What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. So, do I have an Instagram story to tell you guys about today? And that story actually kind of leads in to today's episode. So let's get to it. So Sunday, I'm, you know, fucking around, chilling, whatever, and I see I have a DM, and it's on Instagram. So I go check it, and the first thing I see is my profile picture from Instagram and a warning. And it states, are you sure you want to follow Vanished in the Valley? They have repeatedly shared information that our fact checkers says is misinformation and gone against community guidelines. And so at that point, a person would actually have to hit, you know, follow or they have the option to cancel. So apparently this is a new thing. I have never heard of it. So I thought it was fucking hilarious. So of course I screenshot that shit and I posted up on Reddit. They fucking loved it. Apparently it's a badge of honor for fucking conspiracy people. I just thought it was fucking hilarious. But because I posted that over there, thousands of people saw it. They also thought it was hilarious. So it got me like almost like 150 new followers on Instagram and like 40 or something on Reddit. But one of those followers happened to forward me something the other day that is kind of next level. And that's what we're about to get into. So this person happened to get their hands on the physical copy of a classified Russian document. The Russian document is what Russian scientists had found out after World War II. They had been collecting all the information the fucking Nazi scientist think tank, also known as the Ananerbe. So this fucking guy, Herman Wirth, decides to start this institute because he believes that Atlantis is actually somewhere in the North Atlantic and the Nazis start paying attention. So at that point, they get funding, they get a lot more power because Hitler's all about this. He believes this is, you know, where the fucking master Aryan race bullshit, all that kind of thing. So Hitler's totally behind this fool. They get lots of funding. They get lots of the top scientists in Germany. And these motherfuckers start going out. They go to Tibet. They go to Antarctica. They start collecting ancient, I mean, fucking thousands of year old documents. And their scientists are studying it. They're trying to locate Atlantis. So this group, the Ananerbe, were active from about 1935 to 1945. So they had 10 years, endless funds, the top mines in Germany, all working on this project. Well, once the Germans were fucking defeated, who do you think got a hold of that information? The Ruskies. So I'm not exactly sure how my follower was able to get a hold of this document because it's a fucking book. It's the physical book. And what he sent me was pictures of it. And he actually translated it because it was in Russian. So he translated 200 and fucking 10 pages into English. There are pictures that go along with it. I have the file. So if at the end of this episode, you want this file for yourself and you want to go through these 210 pages of Russian documents, shoot me a line at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com and I will happily send it to you. It was fucking very interesting, and we are about to dive in. So before we get to the German slash Rusky version of history, I'm just going to kind of like go down the official timeline that these motherfuckers want us to believe. 
So they're saying 200,000 years ago. Well, it's a little bit over because it's 200,000 BC. So Homo sapiens, the first modern humans, appear in Africa. 62,000 BC, bows and arrows with stone points are used. 30,000 BC, Cro-Magnon man is flourishing, moving from the Near East into Europe, lives by hunting, gathering. Cro-Magnons painted caves with drawings of the animals they killed. So then at 25 BC, we have the Bering Strait crossed by humans. 18,000 BC, clay pottery is kind of showing up. 10,000 BC, humans make it to the southernmost point in South America. 4,500 BC, humans learn how to use the plow. 4,200 BC is the very first year on the Egyptian calendar. 4,000 BC is when the wheel is invented. 24 BC, the construction of Stonehenge in England starts. 1200 BC, Moses leads his people out of Egypt. 961 BC, David dies. I believe that's some like Bible dude or some shit. So as you can see, we're getting closer and closer to biblical uh, start of Jesus himself. So that's just kind of like a very generic rundown of what humans official timeline is. So forget all that bullshit because you're listening to Vanished in the Valley and you're about to hear some alternative history that I think might actually have a lot of truth in it. So forget everything you've learned, open your mind, and get ready for this shit. So what this person actually sent me, it's like a little, I guess like a paper-bound book. And the front says, State Security Committee of the USSR Research Institute. Case number... 83-154-963. Operation Prion. It states, the main text is given according to the random research working with applications for the Project Prion archival, completed in 1983. So then it goes on and it kind of inventories, it's just like, you know, a table of contents of the book. And it starts out kind of boring. It's just like fucking kissing ass to the other uh, comrade fucking USSR KGB motherfuckers. It even gives a military unit. Military unit 52609. And so basically it kind of breaks it down and it says they're just trying to research global, local, astro-geophysical, meteorological, bio-psychophysical, technogenic destructions at the turn of the 21st century. So that was the whole point of this. They were trying to figure out what the Germans had learned about space, the rotation of the Earth, and what was to come. So they note that similar issues in the period of 1937 to 1945 were dealt with by the Scientific Department of the Imperial Security Directorate of Hitler's Annerby, which oversaw all scientific and technical discoveries and inventions in Germany and their occupied territories. So yeah, like I said, just some, you know, boring general stuff, trying to let you know what this is about to be about. They also get into how the U.S. is also funding research into the different geophysical, meteorological, biological, and social processes going on. They stated, as following from the report to the United States of America on September 12, 1980, quote, on the state of the world by the year 2000, in connection with the geophysical changes that will occur on Earth in the early 21st century, the realness to save the life of the population of the North and South America will remain, and then it just says 4% of the population. And at first I was like, holy shit, does that mean only 4% is left after this? 
And yes, that was our calculations. If nothing was to be done to prevent or try to, I guess, get people to the right area, 4% of the population in North and South America would survive. They also stated that under the guise of quote-unquote Star Wars, they've created a comprehensive high-tech engineering building of ground and aerospace-based focus on hidden intensification of global and local astrogeophysical, meteorologic, biopsychophysical man-made destructions in the alleged areas. On the basis of forecasting and resonant wave application, relevant spontaneously destructive mechanisms of nature. Holy shit, that was a mouthful. Yeah, so basically they're just saying, everybody studying this shit, we need to get on it. And boy, oh boy, did they get on it. So before they actually get into the document, they list all of the documents that are available to the researchers and specialists. They list ancient Tibetan manuscripts obtained by the expedition of the NKVD of the USSR in Tibet in 1939. Archival materials of the OGPU, NKVD, NKGD, it's just a bunch of fucking intelligence groups. Other generalizing materials... There's a lot of pictures in the back of the stuff we're about to talk about, and all of that is included. So, like I said, if you want a copy of this file of this uh, Russian document, shoot me a line and I'll send it on over. So then at this point in the document, they go on to explain what Anerbe actually is. It states, the scientific organization Anerbe was established in 1935 on the personal instructions of Adolf Hitler. Since 1938, all scientific research in Germany has been carried out under the supervision of the SS Anerby Scientific Department. The scientists from Anerby carried out a number of research expeditions to the Himalayas and Tibet in search of ancient artifacts testifying to the existence of extraterrestrial civilizations that controlled the course of human evolution. Anerbe was searching for the so-called Shambhala, which is quote-unquote the city of gods. About 7,000 people were involved in this project. Famous archaeologists, anthropologists, biologists, geneticists, historians, etc. They did not spare any expense for this research. They went all the fuck Nazi out to collect this information. And like I said, once they lost the war, the Ruskies, of course, are going to scoop up all this info. So this is the part where it kind of gets to the Antarctica expedition. So it says, as follows, from the materials of the NKGB of the USSR in 1938, on the basis of information received by the expedition in Tibet in the Trans-Himalayas, the German government equipped an expedition to explore the underwater shelf, Antarctica, in the area of Queen Maud Land, according to the maps German researchers received in Tibet. As a result of these studies, specialists in the Anerbe together with German naval forces, penetrated into the Earth's cavity hidden under the ice of Antarctica, where the period up to 1944, the German government created a naval base, built a city called New Berlin, fucking original, and founded a state called New Swabia. According to the information available to the Smirsch military counterintelligence agencies, Adolf Hitler, having carried out his substitution with a double departed by submarine to New Berlin. This is confirmed by submitted materials collected for a report in 1945 by the People's Commissioner of the State Security of the USSR. So yeah, they're just saying, yeah, fucking Hitler bounced out in a sub and went to this place in Antarctica. 
Apparently on June 4th, 1948, Smirsch counterintelligence officers of the 70th Rifle Corps in the building of the German Navy headquarters found maps of the passage of the depths of the sea with the stamp only for captains of A-class submarines of the Führer's Sonder Convoy in the number of 38 pieces. As it followed from the translation of the text to the instructions on the map, it was about passing underwater corridors to enter the so-called Agartha, hidden under the ice of Antarctica. So the next report is talking about when they got the instructions on how to actually enter this underwater city. They're saying when they dove down to 100 meters, the instruments noted the movement of about 10 unknown targets around the cruiser, which changed the trajectory of movement at a speed of about 66 knots per hour, which was three times the speed of the cruiser on the surface position. This was the first time Soviet submariners have ever encountered such a phenomena. They were never able to understand what was going on. They also stated it did not seem likely to attack these objects due to a sharp change in the trajectory of movement underwater. So about a year later, in 1947, the American polar explorer Admiral Richard Byrd received an order from the U.S. government to destroy the alleged bases of the German naval forces in Antarctica. So for this purpose, a military expedition called High Jump was founding, consisted of an aircraft carrier, submarine, 12 surface ships, more than 20 helicopters and airplanes, and 5,000 military personnel. When approaching the area of the proposed bases in the area of Queen Maud Land, the expedition was attacked by two dozen flying saucers moving at high speed and striking military equipment with columns of fire. During the 20-minute battle, the losses from the expedition amount to a wrecked destroyer called the Murdeck. More than half of the carrier-based aircraft, a submarine, and hundreds of people dead. So it actually kind of goes on to talk about these quote-unquote flying discs. So apparently the activities of the NRB is included in the so-called quote-unquote 13th Design Bureau for the design of flying discs, which were successfully tested in the early 1940s. So check this out. They're basically just kind of confirming what everyone has kind of known, that the Nazi scientists had jet technology. They had all this super fucking advanced aero technology. And they're literally stating they did successfully test these quote-unquote flying discs. Well, America got a lot of those scientists in Operation Paperclip. So it makes you wonder, like, what information did these Nazis bring over? And how far has that technology come since World War II? So the documents go on in painfully excruciating fine detail how the earth was formed billions of years ago. Literally goes through like all the processes and how we got to this fucking ball in the middle of space called earth. So now I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to page 23. And this is kind of where it gets interesting. It's called section four, human evolution. The first root race. So this takes place 350 million years ago. The so-called quote-unquote first etheric man. And etheric just means like some kind of like a transitional state between like body mass and like spirit. Kind of like that. So as follows from the text of the Ananerbe Almanacs. It was created, and this is in quotes, in the indestructible sacred land of Agarte. Inside the earth, the cradle of humanity, by lunar ancestors, 
meaning the gods who lived on the planet Icarus, which perished 1.5 million years ago. The moon at that time was a satellite of Icarus, which orbited the sun at a distance of, oh my god, I'm not even going to try to explain these distances, but it's 2.3 AU. And the Earth rotated in an orbit distant from, and it gives a bunch of fucking numbers so you can understand all these different distances. But basically, the Earth, Icarus, all the planets here, we're orbiting. So it turns out that the gods who created man were from Icarus. During this period, an isolated world was formed inside the Earth with a stable climate, not subject to the external aggressive environment and natural disasters with freshwater sources, an acceptable temperature for the creation of living forms. The first people, if they could be called people at all, had 52-meter ethetheric, quote-unquote, electric shell. So they were called the race of angels. They were asexual and reproduced by division. So it goes on to say, human evolution is somewhat similar to a medical experiment. When a chicken, an embryo, is grown from a broken egg in a laboratory petri dish, which is formed from the ethereal protein yolk mass, compacting into a physical body. Similarly, the etheric race of angels, as a result of a long evolution, condensed into a physical body. Each root race included seven sub-races. From the last three sub-races, the next root race arose. So the second race, they're calling Hyperborean race. And what they say about them is it took 82 million years for people of this race to reproduce by budding, and another 44 million years for them to reproduce by eggs. Hyperboreans ceased to exist as a result of the evolutionary advance of Lemurians 18 million years ago. So the third race, the Lemurians, Lemurians, I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> they are the third race and they're also egg-born. What it states, 28 million years ago, the Lemurian race appeared. From the very beginning of the cycle, people had been reproducing with eggs. And at the same time, there were not only asexual people on Earth, but also animals. The height of people were 18 meters. It took 100 million years for bisexual persons to appear. Now, it goes on to, like, describe the sexual appetite of this being. And it says it was, like, rabid and crazy. And it goes into crazy detail about how their bodies were set up. It talks about, like, having two different stomachs and crazy shit. Because I'm literally just giving you guys the bare bones. There is so much information in this that I'm just basically scratching the surface. And I'm kind of going into more detail about the Lemurians because they supposedly are the precursor race that Atlantis, the city of Atlantis and the Atlanteans descend from. So 18 million years ago, which is still in the era of the Lemurians, an event of the most extreme importance occurred on Earth. So they're saying it was a humanitarian mission from quote-unquote, the gods of Venus, great teachers, children of the flame, and the whole purpose was human development. Their appearance was associated with the separation of the sexes, the onset of death in connection with the immersion of people in solid matter, as well as instilling in people the properties of individualism. So apparently, they're saying previously, people kind of had like a hive mind. 
basically like ants. This separated them. They called them the great teachers, these gods of Venus. And they came to the Lemurians disguised as animal-like creatures. They became the leaders and the priests in order to lead the younger humanity to the heights of spiritual perfection. There is speech, a primitive crafts that were associated with the manufacture of skins of wild animals. Knowledge develops in various areas of life and medicine. So they go on and they actually kind of like use some crazy, I don't know if it's outdated science or if it's just like blacklisted science, but it would be considered extremely fucking racist today. So that's all in there and they're like breaking down the different races. So they say the late stage Lemurians erected megalithic stone structures that have survived to this day in Peru and in England, obviously Stonehenge and other parts of the world. They actually go on to describe how they were able to cut solid mountain and rock and just move all of these huge megaliths the way they did. Whole fucking, yeah, it's crazy. They talk about thin gold plates that were superimposed on the rock and then evaporated by electric arc for 70 seconds. So when the plates flashed with the bright light, it basically turned to powder, and the stone could be cut like plastic, molded into any shape. They called it gold purified by fire. The document goes on to explain how the Lemurian people actually disappeared. So what it states is a 1 million 500,000 years ago. In the solar system, there was kind of a restructuring of the planets. And that planet I was talking about earlier, Icarus, aka the Iron Planet, was involved in a collision. And they give all these coordinates at what distance they were traveling. And apparently because of the collision, the debris of which subsequently formed an asteroid ring. And the polar ice gave birth to comets. The core of Icarus became the new planet Venus, which occupied the former orbit of Mars, which in turn changed its orbit and moved away from the sun. And then it gives more distance and calculations. And what it's saying is because of this asteroid belt, the Earth just basically got pelted. The moon got pelted. And they talk about how you can see the damage on the moon to this day. So it was completely catastrophic, the damage done to the Earth. Over the next hundreds of years, most of the Lemurians died due to the natural disasters raging on Earth. So that kind of just uh, led to survival of the fittest of the Lemurians. And after that, we move on to the fourth race, Atlanteans. They say the first Atlanteans, which were called the Marmadons, appeared at the time of the Lemurians about five million years ago but they were completely separated on an island in the Atlantic Ocean, which was isolated from the outside world. They were four meter tall giants with red, white, and yellow skin color. Fucking giants of all colors is what it sounds like. And it goes on to say as a result of evolutionary development, their body size decreased. The next subrace of Atlanteans is formed by the so-called Autocones people, who were about three meters tall. They existed 2.5 million years ago. It states the average life expectancy for the Myrmidons was about 600 years. So they're saying at this point, following the Atlanteans, there was subraces formed. White, red, yellow, and black, which steadily developed independently of each other in seven parts of the world. The methods of managing people through the great teachers remain the same. 
They became preachers and rulers of many generations of mankind. It says the Toltec civilization was their first, like, real developed Atlantean civilization. And that was about one million years ago. These people were two and a half meters tall. They had proportional faces, and their average life expectancy was 300 years. These people had developed writing systems and laws, and they were able to replicate text and wrote on thin metal plates, which they kept in leather cases. They had schools and universities. Exceptional knowledge was borrowed from the quote-unquote white teachers. It goes on to describe like the city of Atlantis, which occupied most of the Atlantic Ocean. Its capital was the city of quote-unquote Golden Gate, which was distinguished by its majestic architecture, golden columns, monuments, and fountains. In all parts of Earth, Atlanteans built temples in the form of spherical golden domes that dissipated energy flows and positively influenced the Earth's biosphere. So, the communist agents go on to describe how ancient architecture of these temples were changed, and when crosses began to be placed on the spherical domes, the terrestrial biosphere lost significant mass. And due to the lack of the electromagnetic sedative waves, it was affecting the positive growth and development of flora and fauna. So I know that sounds all like technical and mumbo jumbo-ish, but basically what they're saying is somehow the Atlanteans were able to build architecture kind of like using sacred geometry. And what these different domes, the golden domes would do is absorb radiation that was kind of like shot in from space, solar flares, and kind of neutralize it. And they're saying once crosses and other decorations like that with other religions came around, it no longer was sacred geometry. And the, I guess, negative radio waves could no longer be absorbed. So that's kind of what they're getting at there. It goes on to describe this like great war between the Atlanteans and the quote unquote gods, like the ones at the center of the earth. They do some crazy shit. So apparently they have this weapon. Um, they inherited this weapon from the quote unquote great teachers. So the following comes from texts of ancient manuscripts. And with the help of a directed beam, the Atlanteans could destroy entire cities. They could destroy the world with one blow. And apparently we're talking about a high-frequency Vitana radiator, which has detrimental effect on living organics and the central nervous system of living organisms. So they're saying 850,000 years ago is when this war happened. There was a rebellion against the gods because of a disagreement, apparently about numbers and dimensions that existed among people. They're saying people look different. People had five fingers. Gods had six. It was crazy. So it's a whole fucking, like, backstory. But the leaders of Atlantis wanted to defy the gods, and they made an irreparable mistake, which led to a change in time, to the death of a large part of Atlantis. So apparently they had these pilots. They're called Vimana pilots. The Atlantis leaders sent the Vimana pilots to destroy Agartha. That's earlier, like I was saying, is the shelter of the gods inside the earth. So they go do this, and it fucking destroys the basically the whole continent. After the tragedy, Earth is completely irreparably changed. The orbit has changed. The distance from the sun has changed. A day, instead of 48 hours, is now made into 24. Some of the surviving Atlanteans formed modern humanity. 
So you guys, there is just so much information and I think it's so great that I'm going to have to end this here and probably do a little bonus episode for you guys. Because the next episode, I'm going to talk about how and why the pyramids were made and how and why we're kind of fucked that the pyramids are no longer at their former glory. I'm also going to tell you the Nazi scientist think tank and Russians idea of what is in store for us in the early 21st century. But yeah, you'll have to come back for the little bonus episode. So until then, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao. Are you lost?